This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A Carabao cracker just before Christmas, City topple Liverpool at the Etihad Stadium, with Southampton up next in the quarterfinals. It's Friday the 23rd of December. I'm Amos Murphy. And I'm Alex Brotherton. And this is the City Report Podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Speaking of crackers, Alex, um, did you know Americans don't have Christmas crackers? I didn't know that. Um, I know in the table and they go bang and they've got a little joke and a toy inside. They don't have them. Yeah, I feel like there'd be something... Um, I hope Adam doesn't mind me saying this, but I feel like Americans would just be too disappointed. They wouldn't get the... Because <laughs> it's part of it that you're going to get some crappy little joke yeah. or a toy. And you, I feel like in more. America, yeah, it'd just be like, oh, well, that sucks. Or yeah. where's... <laughs> Where's where's the new like cell phone or something? <laughs> I don't know. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. I know it's it's mad though. Um, a Christmas cracker in America means a completely different thing, but we won't get into it. Um, right, okay. Last game before Christmas. It was also the first game before. Uh, sorry, after the World Cup break. So we'll get straight into it. Um, I sort of went into this game. I didn't go for full disclosure. I wasn't at the stadium. Um, I went into this game sort of thinking, oh, well, you know, League Cup fourth round. If City got beat by Liverpool, would it be the worst thing in the world? Blah, blah, blah. I think when that start happened and it was so intense, the pace of the game was so high, I was immediately hooked. It was like the bloodshot in my eyes just went boof, like, like that scene from Train Spotting um, when, he, when he starts to strap up. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, but <laughs> it was it was a really intense football match and it, it got me, it reeled me in, as City and Liverpool games usually do. Yeah, I mean, um, it's up to you how, how you um, spend your matches, Amos. <laughs> All I ask is that you do it safely and that you tell people what, what you're up to. Yeah, um, help is available, everybody, just just to let you know. Uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It was um, 
it was it's got to go in there at one of one of the top city encounters with with Liverpool. And I mean, there's been mm. so many in recent years, but yeah. if anyone thought that because it wasn't Premier League and it and it was sort of only the fourth round of the Carabao Cup, mm. then then they were very wrong because it was you know straight from minute one it was so intense, so much quality as well. I don't think it was at times it got end to end, but I don't think there was. It wasn't one of those where there was lots of mistakes that made it end to end. I think both teams defensively could have done a bit better, but there was so much quality in attack. Perhaps not Darwin Nunez, but on another day he probably scores a hat trick, <laughs> doesn't he? So um, yeah, I think it was um, a really good game. I thought um, you know City's players looked didn't really look like they'd either been to the World Cup or had five weeks off. They all looked like mm. they'd been playing with each other for the last for the last month, like playing every week. Um, and and yeah, it was it was a great sort of, I guess, just great preparation as well for going back to the Premier League. Um, I think Guardiola, obviously, he's, he was he's been very critical about the scheduling of that, of that match four days after the World Cup final. Um, he's joked that him and Klopp might have to have played, and the physios yeah. would have to play. But in fact, it looks like it's probably played in City's favour because they did look a bit sharper than Liverpool. They did look like most of their players have been playing and training regularly. Um, uh, whereas you know, lots of the teams in the Premier League haven't had as many World Cup uh, representatives as City, so perhaps that will play in their in their favour. But just on tonight, yeah, great game and really good performance. Yeah, it, it was superb. Um, it's weird in a way, isn't it? I said earlier this week, probably apart from Julian Alvarez, who is probably somewhere in a ditch in Buenos Aires with a cigar still still light in a way, cuddling Enzo Fernandez. But apart from him, the biggest winner for City in terms of the World Cup was definitely Guardiola because most of, if not all of his players, well, well, none of them by Alvarez got past the quarterfinal, but most of them were home with a, a good sort of week and a half before the this game returned. I know some were involved, some weren't. Um, and there are some injuries which we'll pick up on later. But I guess the issue is always going to be with this mid-season World Cup. As we saw in the tournament, the quality was superb in the tournament. The quality was superb again at the Etihad Stadium on, on Thursday night. The issue is going to be, or the litmus test, sorry, we don't know if it will be the case, but in March, in April, in May, when these players would have played God knows how many games, 60-plus games probably, including international football in that time. So we'll have to wait and see. But in terms of tonight, it made, it made for an absolute fantastic spectacle. Um, let's pick up on some of those individual performances to start off with. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne got man of the match from this Sky Sports pundits, but we've spent so long speaking about him. We'll, we'll push him aside for one bit. And I want to mention, uh, to start off with, Rico Lewis. Um, he's turning these little cup cameos into an art form, really, aren't they? I, he's an 18-year-old. He was, I think it was less than a week ago, playing in the under-18s FA Cup. He's come back, obviously having previously made his Champions League debut before making his debut in the under-18s FA Cup. He's then come back and played against Liverpool, the the reigning champions, of course, of the Carabao Cup. And maybe Masterclass is a bit overstating it, but it was a strong performance from the teenager. Yeah, it's. Um, it seems like every season now there's a new young player at City where we kind of... Uh, throw hyperbole at but it mm. like it's it is just deserved every time and I think with Lewis what's with Rico Lewis what's remarkable um, is just how comfortable he looks playing what in this team is such a complex uh, complicated position because mm. he's not you know he's not just playing right back where you run up and down the flank put crosses in and get back and defend he's doing the whole sort of inverting into midfield but then tonight he was doing that like times 10 because yeah. yes, he took in, but then 
it was almost at times he then took he took he'd go up, took a cross into midfield, and then as City were working the ball around and trying to escape Liverpool's press, which I thought they did very well, he then took back into centre back almost, and mm. Akanji would push out to the right. Um and then obviously he'd revert back to the right when the ball got progressed, but he just looks so comfortable doing that. Um mm. and that's something that, you know, it took Kyle Walker a few years to sort of get used to it and become really good at. Cancelo, you know, had a rocky start to life at City until he got good at that um, on, on a left back. But with yeah, Lewis, and some would say he still can't do that at right back. Mm, some would yeah, say that. right back, he never looks yeah. entirely comfortable, does he? Um, but Lewis, it's now we're seeing the fruits of the City Academy and how mm. joined up and um, streamlined everything is because we've got this 18 year old kid who has spent, you know, probably since he came into the academy playing as that kind of right back, tucking into midfield. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter. that Of course, there's bits of elements of his game which will need to improve and he's probably not even finished developing sort of physically yet. Um, but in terms of his tactical understanding of, of the role he would be asked to play if he were to be the regular right back in a mm. Guardiola team, he seems to already understand it pretty much pretty much perfectly. And I think Guardiola's yeah. not afraid to, um, to put that praise on him because he said after the game, I think he said to Sky that, you know, there's very few times he's seen a young player play that well. Um, he said City are so lucky to have him and this is an 18 year old kid who you know not many people had heard of him I don't think unless Mm. they were sort of really into their City Academy thing last season Um, but yeah the the cameos he's had this season have been great and hopefully picks up more minutes going forwards and who knows maybe we've solved the right back question we've solved the the, the issue of uh, not to get you know carried away with ourselves but Walker's not going to be around forever and you know, mm. if at right right now, if you said you know, give Lewis more minutes, maybe next season and the season after, or go and splurge on another right back that might take a year or two to adapt. Well, we've got this kid that is has already adapted. You know that he's grown up with this system. Um, yeah. So yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, he, he was superb. Like you say, there's a lot of hyperbole, and and sometimes it isn't helpful. But when you see a performance like that. There are sort of few words that do it justice, other than the sort of the, the impeccable, the perfect, the astonishing, blah blah blah. Um, a few stats then from Rico Lewis's performance: ninety minutes played, sixty-one out of seventy accurate passes. That's about eighty-three percent, I think it is. Eighty-nine touches, two out of two tackles, five out of eight ground duels, one and eight recoveries. It is a uh, a nice looking list of statistics you have to say and it's interesting isn't it because I think coming into the season a lot of people expected Josh Wilson Esbrand on the left hand side to be the the CFA fullback we saw more often and, and it hasn't he's Rico Lewis sort of didn't come out of nowhere in this sort of like the middle of the first part of the season but he certainly has is taken his chance fantastically and the trust Guardiola puts in him is cannot be understated because I always find if, even with senior players I always find that Sometimes you have the, the the like Sergio Gomez is a perfect example because I feel like there's a part of Guardiola that doesn't necessarily trust him. Whereas we're seeing the words that he puts on Rico Lewis, and it's uh, it's certainly up there. Right, okay. Um, I'm going to skip. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to skip over Kevin De Bruyne because speaking of hyperbole, what else is there to say? Fantastic, much better. Quickly then, I found it interesting how good he was tonight and how bad he was for Belgium. I feel like with Kevin De Bruyne, I'm putting it out there in the 2023 bingo card. I won't be surprised if he retired from international football because he just doesn't seem to enjoy it nearly as much as he enjoys playing for Manchester City, which is lovely to have, isn't it, as a a City supporting cohort? 
Yeah, I I don't think from now until the end of the season, I don't think we're going to have another Sky or BT game where a commentator or pundit doesn't say at least once that De Bruyne is sending a message after the Paul World Cup we had. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, it's yeah, um, yeah, it's a strange one. Obviously, with Belgium, there's there is the the sort of caveat that it's obviously his teammates aren't as good as, as City. It's not a sort of well-oiled, slick machine, but in his individual performances, he'll he'll be the first to admit that he wasn't really up to scratch. Mm. Um, so I don't know if that's a motivation thing. He certainly didn't seem very motivated before he went to the World Cup in that in that interview he did in, with the Guardian, mm. um, where he said that he and his teammates were too old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it is pretty amazing to see the difference because uh, he looked sort of fired up. Um, he's 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 that kind of that player that always. Well, not always, but he's at his best when he has that fire in his belly. Um, when he has the the emotion, which can sometimes uh, get a bit too much, but he, he does manage a lot of the time to channel that uh, into you know his lung lung busting runs and these incredible crosses from pretty much anywhere on the pitch. Um, and yeah, he was great again. Um, I'm going to stop before I say any more um, <laughs> use any more hyperbolic uh, descriptions but he was he was very good and um, deserved man of the match in my opinion yeah yeah footmob gave him a 9 out of 10 rating which sums it up perfectly and uh, I'm just astonished you're saying his Belgian teammates aren't as good as the City ones he's saying Michy Bashwai isn't as good as Erling Haaland it's a bold claim mm. um, yeah I don't even think Michy Bashwai's full entire body matches up to Haaland's left boot but um <laughs> Any other any other standouts for you then? I mean, for me, I thought uh, Nathan Ake did really well at keeping Mohamed Salah quiet. Um, I know in the first half, Salah sort of switched over to what would be Liverpool's left-hand side to try and pit himself against uh, 18-year-old star boy, Rico Lewis. F- future Ballon d'Or winner, Rico Lewis, um, to, to heap that praise on him even more. But Nathan Ake did superbly, as he was doing at the World Cup as well. So he's continued that over. And, and Rodri has fought as well. They had a very good game. A- any other talking points then before we wrap on part one? Yeah, I'd say um, I'd say Riyad, I was quite impressed with Riyad Mahrez. Actually, obviously, yeah, he didn't he yeah. didn't have a great sort of first bit of the season. Typical Mahrez performance that really wasn't it and I thought his performance sort of uh, personified his season so far in terms of starting off poorly and then sort of going better as it went on for want of a better word yeah so I thought it was nice that particularly as that he wasn't someone at the World Cup and and Guardiola Mm. said that if anything the players that went to the World Cup are looking a bit sharper and a bit better than the guys like Harland and Mares who haven't played competitively for for mm. five or six weeks, but you know he looked sharp tonight. He pulled off a typically incredible first touch for his goal, um, and I thought he linked up really well um, with De Bruyne and Co. So yeah, it was good, and hopefully he can build on that because it's um, he is a superb player, isn't he? It, Klopp mm. said he was world class after the game, so uh, it'd be good if he could sort of keep those performances up going forward. Um, and yeah, with Julian Alvarez coming back into the fold at some point. They could have quite the sort of collection of inform attackers if if Mares can keep that up. Yeah, you feel like Mares's role this season was always going to be post World Cup when there was a lot of heavy legs elsewhere. Um, but you feel like it's also quite a big a big few months for Mares in terms of his city future. He's now thirty one years old. Obviously, signed that two year extension. I want to say in the summer, meaning he's got about eighteen months left on his city contract. If it isn't necessarily going for him in the in the, this final part of the season, he could be one that perhaps is uh, is sold in the summer. Um, but okay, that'll do for part one. We will be back very shortly to round up the Carabao action, speak about a couple of injuries, and preview the quarterfinal draw. 
Welcome back to the City Report podcast. I'm here with Alex Brotherton. Um, just a quick one then, Alex. Post-game, a couple of injuries explaining the absence, absentees sorry, from City versus Liverpool. Let's start with Ruben Diaz. Um, Guardiola said that he's got a hamstring problem and could be facing up to a month out. Now, that's a worry. There's no point, there's no need to dress this up. That's a worry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not ideal at all, uh, especially when he looked to be all right at the World Cup mm. uh, with Portugal. Um, but then, you know, I guess we come back to how glad we are now that City did go out and, um, well, first to keep Nathan Ake in the summer, but then also yeah. went out and bought a Kanji bringing in a, f- uh, a fifth centre-back because, you know, Ake looked really good tonight. Uh, I thought Stones was really good when he came on as well, actually. Um, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. obviously, Laporte and Akanji were, were decent as well. I thought, well, maybe Laporte was probably sort of about average, um, didn't do, do too great with Liverpool's um, second goal. But, you know, um, they can, they're can they in a position to cope without Diaz for a month. Um but we'll just see because there's some tough games coming up in there. The two games against Chelsea, yeah. United at Old Trafford, um, and obviously Spurs as well. So, um, given that Diaz is probably their best kind of you know traditional out and out defender, I'd say big game defender. Um, yeah. yeah, big game. Um, likes to like pump his chest a lot, doesn't he? So um, <laughs> it's always good to have him in those big games. But um, it looks like they'll have to do without him. But yeah, it's not a major worry. But it'd be nice if he was if he was available. Yeah, it, it's it's not one where you sort of um, batting down the hatches, going, "Oh dear me, this is going to be catastrophic," because of the depth. I think most of the clubs, if they lost someone like Ruben Diaz for a month, would be sort of <laughs> quivering a little bit. But obviously, going towards the back end of last season, it happened to City, and they just about found a way through. And obviously, there's now an extra body in that defence. Um, secondly, then. A little more ambiguous from Mr. Josep Guardiola this time. Calvin Phillips missed the game, much to the surprise of a few online. Um, he isn't fit, according to Guardiola. Now, that could mean one or two things. You feel like it could mean he's not fit in the sense he's not had as much match practice, which would suggest that he should be involved, or is likely the case, is injured again, which would be a devastating blow. Yeah, um... Obviously, yeah, as you said, he wasn't very clear about what he meant by um, isn't fit. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's obviously he didn't really play much for England, did he? He came on a, mm. a few sort of five, ten minute spells at most um, during the World Cup. Um, so if it's an injury, it's obviously something that's happened in training. Um, although he only came back this week, so that would be a bit unfortunate. Um, but I mean, it could be that he's just not. Obviously, if he wasn't match fit, you'd expect him to play, but then it's against mm. Liverpool and we saw how intense this game was. Um, it's not the kind of game you want to throw someone in who has barely played 45 minutes of competitive football in the last three months, four months, whatever it's mm. been. Um, but yeah, hopefully, if it, if it is like a, a physical injury rather than just lacking match sharpness, hopefully he's not out for too long because he's he's just had rotten luck, hasn't he, since he's, since he's arrived at City and... Now that they seem to have sorted his shoulder out, uh, having undergone that surgery and worked so hard to to be fit for the World Cup, it'd be pretty devastating if it's like another lengthy spell on the sideline. And obviously for City's perspective as well, they, they need that back up there for Rodri, ideally, mm. what with a, a big slate of games coming up. So um, fingers crossed on that one. Yeah, it, even if it's just 
a couple of weeks on the sideline. You do think, dear me, when is this poor lad going to get his going to get his break? And there is the other side of the coin, obviously from the club's point of view, where they've invested quite a lot of money in this in this player. And if he, I don't know, is it the Jack Rodwell syndrome in a sense that there's a player who obviously has plenty of quality? And I'm not saying for a second Calvin Phillips and Jack Rodwell are on the same level, but. If these injuries and you know it was, at first was the shoulder, who knows what is the problem now? Hopefully, it is just a match uh, a match sharpness thing. But but then again, Alex, Alex Robinson, nineteen year old, was on the bench in his place. You surely would have thought he'd have made the bench. So it's it's certainly one to watch and certainly one to sort of have fingers crossed a little bit because I think more than anything, we all know he's a lovely lad and it'd be uh, it, it'd be it would be very nice to see him out again. Um, Okay, let's wrap on this then. Manchester City away to Southampton in the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup. I believe it's due to be played the week commencing the 9th of January, which is well, a matter of days, really. It will come in between two games against Chelsea, one in the league, one in the FA Cup, and just before a trip to Old Trafford in the Premier League. I think it could have been much worse. You're looking at Newcastle United and you're looking at Manchester United as the two bigger teams left in it. I think City will sort of undoubtedly be favourites from the last eight. However, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what word you describe it. It's, it for starters, it's not a very interesting draw. I think that's where we can probably kick things off with that one. Yeah, um, I like Southampton as a as a club and a team. Um, but it's just always one of them where I think we, did we draw them in the FA Cup last yeah, season? I think yeah. away um, in about January time. What I think a final it was. that as well. Yeah, and it's just a bit meh. Like either mm. we want a home draw so we can go, or you want an away game somewhere where you don't already play two games yeah. a season against an opponent where it, Southampton away is just always difficult, or it tends mm. to be. Um, it was under Ralph Hasenhutl, so obviously that's that's going to be different now. But um, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's not the most inspiring draw, but it's one that City should be confident of winning, I'd say. Um, especially when Southampton have been quite up and down. Obviously the the signed half of City's Academy in the summer. Um <laughs> yeah. so it'll be interesting to see some of those faces again. I'm not sure if Rom uh Romeo Lavia's fit again now or mm. not. because um, he's been out for a bit, hasn't he? But obviously we'll see Bazunu. Um might see a bit of Samadozi. Yeah, Fandabidozi. So yeah, that it'll be interesting in from maybe a bit more interesting than it than it was last season, but um not the easiest draw, but definitely not uh, the toughest, as you say. Yeah, I think I'm just a little bit down in the dumps about City's Cup draws this year. We've obviously had in the in the League Cup, it's been uh, three Premier League teams, Chelsea, Liverpool, Southampton in the FA Cup, it's Chelsea at home. I know there's this sort of silly sort of theory that City get easy draws, but it, it makes things interesting. Oxford United away, Newport, uh, who was the one at home, Rotherham, you know, teams like that. That they're, you, they're the teams you want to play in your domestic cups. You don't want to be playing teams that play in the same league as you. So we'll wait and see. Um, finally, 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 then. Leeds United is obviously up on the 28th. Everton is up on the 31st, but January is shaping up to be quite the tricky month already. Chelsea, Chelsea, Southampton, Man United, Tottenham, that's all before the 19th, so all before mid-January. I first thing, sort of like first thoughts looking at that. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a headache, isn't it, for Guardiola making sure that the players who are coming back from the World Cup aren't getting too much game time straight away, managing injuries, managing competitions, and managing success as well. I, I feel like we're sort of after the glory of the World Cup, after the the kamikaze night at the Etihad yesterday in the League Cup, feels like we're gearing up to what could be. Um, 
quite a difficult few weeks. Yeah, I think it could be one of them where obviously the Premier League games are, are going to take priority. Um, mm. Could be one of those where Guardiola never really makes, you know, wholesale changes given how strong City's squad is and the depth. But I won't be surprised if either the Southampton League Cup game or the Chelsea FA Cup game, we see maybe a few more changes than, mm. than you know, Guardiola would ideally like when facing teams with the quality of Chelsea and, and Southampton have. Um, and yeah, I imagine we'll, we'll have a press conference at some point where he has a little bit of a moan about yeah, the sort of the bit. schedule um, and, you know, just the, the, the fixtures piling up and, you know, it's not possible for us to, mm. to go out and play amazing every game. Um, I'd be kind of su- not surprised, but I feel like City won't win all of those games. Um, mm. I think City will come back from the World Cup and make a good start to, to trying to catch Arsenal up because I think that it's a good thing that so many players played at the World Cup. They're all match sharp. Um, those of them that aren't injured. Um, but I think maybe at some point Guardiola will have to make a few changes and I think one of the domestic cups might possibly fall foul to that. Um, but I do hope it's not the beloved Carabao <laughs> because two seasons without, without um, a sort of... Uh, Toxic green day out at Wembley will be too <laughs> is too much for any for any man or woman to bear. So yeah, yeah. Forget football's coming home, Carabao's coming home, and that's a, a perfect way to wrap today's episode. Um, last one before Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas to to not only you, Alex, but all the listeners as well. Um, any exciting Christmas plans? Um, just seeing the family, really. Yeah, um, nice, nice. Yeah, possibly, possibly might see if I can go to to Everton on New Year's Eve. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not, I won't be working that day, so uh, if not, uh, probably just watching the pub somewhere. And uh, and yeah, hope all the all the listeners and you yourself, Amos, uh, have you a lovely Christmas and a very very happy 2023. And hopefully, the same goes to the City as well. Yeah, compliments to the season, as Martin Tyler would say. Um, right, okay, that has been the City Report podcast. We'll be back after Christmas, before the new year. Um, right, okay, it's been an absolute pleasure, and until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.